This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Father, we just honor everything that you're doing. Many things that you started in our lives, you started before we even existed. You put things on a path in our heritage, in our lineage. Many of us, you started things in our lives generations before it started. And so, Father, we honor you. We honor you tonight. We honor you, Jesus, as the living word. The living word. And we thank you, Father God, that by the Spirit, you teach us, you teach us the truth. You teach us the truth. You take us into disciplines and paths of ways in our life that ensure our safety and our well-being. And so we thank you tonight for what you've done in this place. The things, the words that you have said. The work that you're continuing to impact and stabilize in our lives. You're just doing a whole lot of stuff that's way beyond what we could begin to imagine or capture. And so we honor that here and so, Father God. We honor that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, hang on, because i got to get this water bottle. Got to do it. Got to have a sip. Okay. So this year, you know, we're continuing with Jesus, the living word. And for every single one of us, um, that's going to unfold somewhat differently. And as, as we move forward, we've come through basically our first month of that. And, you know, some things, and, and just get used to this, because some things, when you're learning in God and you're a spirit being and you're learning in God... And so you're learning spiritual truths in the midst of a natural life. Selah. I mean, pause and think about that. Sometimes you might look at your life and think, God has really got a sense of humor. Because we feel things and we experience things. And so part of what, part of what, this school, part of what our time together on Wednesday nights is, is that we, we incorporate our whole existence in God. It's, it's one life. It's not, okay, this is the church life. This is the everyday life at home. This is my J-O-B, or this is where I go to school. God wants us to begin to experience life as one life so that we don't constantly feel like we're at a fork in the road. Ever feel like that? You know, like, okay, is this a natural decision? Is this a spiritual decision? What What is this decision? Ever feel like that? I think we all do. I don't care how old you get, chronologically or spiritually, there are times when life feels like a stinking fork in the road. You know what you feel. You know what you'd like to do in light of what you feel. And yet there, there may be things inside that, uh, anybody ever just do that? Just like, oh. Uh. And then sometimes we just, I just, I'll, I'll, if you're like me, you can say amen. Um, I'm just not going to think about that today. 
It's not imminent. It's not happening right this minute. And I can lose sight of the fact that every breath I take and every moment, what I do with this capacity actually is building something. And it can either build a path of openness into what God wants for me, or it can begin to build walls over which I have to climb. Life on planet Earth, a life God created. But he didn't create it to be like that. So here and so, this year, remember we had, year before last, we did topical teaching and we dealt with faith and we dealt with healing and we dealt with prosperity. We dealt with all kinds of things, like almost typical classroom-ish stuff. Then last year, after having spent a year in pandemic, we decided we needed to just say Jesus. It was just about Jesus. And so we had us a year of worship and kind of hanging out in the truths he had spoken to us the year before because he knew we'd end up in a pandemic. So now this year, I felt like the theme was Jesus the Living Word because it's wonderful to know it's just Jesus. But if you don't really have any kind of credentials living inside of you from Jesus and you're not like unpacking them, you know, I, you can get gifts at Christmas, but if you don't unpack them, unwrap them and begin to look at what's in the box, the gift does no darn good, right? I mean, you won't even know what you got. So I kind of, and it, it happened to me personally how I ended up in this scripture, and um, it's just wrecked me. It's just messed with me in a good way, um, because there, uh, what I have found over the, the past months that this scripture has been kind of playing with me is um, truths that have been living in me for decades, that I knew they were truth, I knew they were biblical truth, but when I began to delve deeper, and look closer, there was stuff hidden there for me, for now. You know, sometimes you get a scripture, and if you're a journaler, you chuck it there, or whatever you do with it. Maybe you just get a scripture, and oh, isn't this nice and fluffy for today, and then you forget it. No condemnation, right? Say no condemnation. We're not going to go to places of condemnation. However, because this is a place, this So is a place where I'm accountable, faculty is accountable, this house is accountable to bring truth, to provide space where truth is taught, truth is imparted, truth is shared honestly. You know, not legalistically, honestly. Like, I don't stand up here and tell you all I do it right all the time. I make some mistakes that would probably curl your hair if you knew about them. And I say things and do things that it's like, seriously? Yeah, but Jesus knew. Jesus knows my personality. He knows my extremeness. He knows my passion. He knows where if I don't let him direct my passion, what it can cause me to do. Anybody with me? I know it's late. And you got all, you know, worshipfied. But that's good, because I can sort of like plant these seeds in and it won't be too painful. Don't go, you know, if, if any of this hits you, I really encourage you, when the word is ministered, if anything hits you like legalistically or you feel like, ooh, ouch, like that, she was kind of jamming that thing in there or I don't like that, always go to God with that. Don't go to condemnation. Go to God. 
and say, what is it about this that I don't like? Or what is it about this truth that I really don't want to look at? You know, conversations with God are safe, real safe. So here's the scripture. And um, I think I'm going to read it first from New King James, even though I prefer it in the Passion, this particular. Just, I thought I would, because we talked about this um, recently in some staff meetings, but um, for people who really want to be students of the Word, um, the New King James is actually the closest translation to what's brought out in the original language. Some of you think, I don't care, but some of you do care. Um, some translations that we call translations aren't really translations, they're paraphrases. Passion is actually a translation, but at the same time, it's not going to be as close. It's kind of cool because it opens things up in a language that we understand more, and it's not a sin to understand, (laughs) right? It's like not a sin, like God's not like, oh my gosh, they got another translation. Because you do realize like the King James English isn't how he said it. I mean, like, you know, pause and think on that one. Like, that's not how he talked. I'm just saying. Okay, so Proverbs 4, and um, I'm reading from verse 20 to 23. And this is the New King James, but then I'm going to read the Passion because that's the one that wrecked me. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now, some of you probably recognize the passage I'm in, right? Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. I think this is the the J-O-B God gave to mankind. (laughs) Guard your heart. Like, that's a full-time job. I don't know about you all, but for me it's a full-time job. Because I actually, I just thought, like, You know, things happen. Sometimes things happen, and I get really mad. Even if it's not something somebody did to me. Something can unfold even in the world. And I'm like, seriously, God? I mean, really? Like, you couldn't stop that? Like, why did that have to unfold? Perfect example, a two-year pandemic? I mean, does anybody else ever get agitated by stuff? Hello, am I just sitting here looking at all the kind people? Please, Jesus, help me. So it's kind of a full-time job to guard my heart, to not go to places, because I'm sure that there are times, just like parents want to say to their kids, if you had kind of gone the way I told you to go, you wouldn't be here. And I'm sure that God sometimes would like to say to us, I really had a really cool way you could walk. But you kind of chose not to look at the situation like I was directing you. Well, here's the issue is sometimes we didn't know he was directing us or how he was directing us. So we're going to delve probably for the next few weeks into looking at the ways that each one of us can interact personally with biblical truth, with Bible verses, with, and and don't think, I mean, even when I say that, I stand here and say that, I think, oh my gosh, people are going to think, oh, boring, but life-changing. So, I'm going to read that passage now from, um, from the Passion. So listen to this. This is so crazy. I love it. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you, and pay attention to all that I have to say. 
Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. If I unwrap the truth that God brings to me, it's going to change my whole existence. And so I want to spend some time over the next few weeks looking at what that means. Because if if we teach you here and so that the Word of God can change your life, but we don't teach you what to do when you go to the Word of God. And, And when I say teach you, really just teach you to be open to what God will do with you. You know, I think sometimes people learn things so rigidly in church that when they sit down personally with their Bible in their lap to read it and they get spontaneous thoughts or pictures, they try to bring their mind back disciplined to just the chapter and verse. Have you ever heard the phrase, words paint pictures? Well, Bible words paint pictures too. Okay, can I freak you out a little bit? Bible words don't always paint church pictures. Bible words don't always paint church pictures. Some of us have been raised rigidly in church. And so when our mind begins to envision something, we think, oh my gosh, that could not be God. The word in um, verse 22, health, is a strange, and I'm sure I'm crucifying the pronunciation, marpe, M-A-R-P-E. But that word means, literally, remedy, medicine, healing. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant medicine and healing and remedy. What, you know, I I personally think we get too focused on miracles out here. We want to perform miracles. We want to see God do miracles in people's lives. And I think the most miraculous thing in the world is what the word of God does inside of me. Because when I unwrap the word of God personally... And I live with God in the truth he's speaking to me. Everything I touch will be different. You know, the the young people are here with us and friendships. I mean, I, I think about if I was really taught this way when I was growing up. My teen years would have been so different. You know, instead of hating going to church, I hated going to church. It was so quiet. You know, and not just noise-wise quiet. It was still. There was nothing happening. We were obedient, and there were good intentions. But to hear somebody say you should love God, what, what does that even mean? What does that look like? I mean, you can't see him, you can't feel him. And we weren't taught scriptures, like from the languages that really would paint the pictures of what God was actually saying. You see, this is not saying anything about obey my rules and I'll heal you. It's not saying that. It's not saying that. That'd be like me saying to my daughter, Marianne, obey me and dad's rules and that'll prove you're my daughter. 
She's genetically our kid. And love-wise, she's our kid. No matter what she ever says or does, ever. And we never wanted her to just obey house rules. We wanted her to be safe, cared for, happy. Are you all with me? Because I think as we look at this aspect of unwrapping the word of God, no judgment from the podium toward anyone here. We're all going to go deeper into our own personal exploration of our relationship with an unseen God Someone that maybe, maybe you know you're born again, you know you're saved, maybe, you know, as a teenager, you know certain things, but there's a lot you don't yet feel about it. That's not a sin. God's not judging that. Even if some parents do, God is not. Love the parents, and I'm not disrespecting. I just know what my parents' rules were and why we, they wanted me to obey them. Because of image. Listen carefully, my dear child. Doesn't say my slave. Doesn't even say precious Christian. I mean, these are things that we have to realize. God bent over backwards, if you will, to use languages, certain languages, the the original languages, Hebrew and Greek and, and Chaldean. He used languages that were vivid and rich and painted pictures of intimacy and relationship and an invitation into his heart, not into a religion. And this is where, like I said, over the next few weeks, we're just going to delve into this. Different faculty members are going to come and share aspects. And so, you know, this is why I'm sharing. I'm starting it off with this unwrapping the word because not only have I been born again since I was eight years old and um, and then when Neil and I rededicated our lives and went back into the church setting in a denominational setting, um, we, we heard the word every week and, and we got messages on the word and then we got baptized in the spirit. Kind of rocks everything, rocks the boat. Because all of a sudden this word started seeming different. And so I had all these years of where I knew the Bible was right. I knew God, Jesus is Lord, God is God, all those things, God is Father. But then there started this path of unwrapping. Even at the very beginning when I got baptized in the Spirit, I remember the day I came with my donkey choking Bible. I mean, it was a big old Bible. And I thought if I'm going to visit this pastor that's not my pastor, I'm going to take my Bible so I can see that it's here, what he tells me. And so... That started something with me, scriptures that I've been taught all my life. And with respect, this is not a judgment on the denomination I was in, but it is an observation. I was taught wrong. I was taught wrong. And so my relationship with God was affected by that. I'm not placing blame. I'm just saying now we're looking at you may have been taught wrong or you may have not been taught at all. And so you have a right to pursue as a dear child, not as a church member, not as a member of a denomination, not as a living faith member or partner or whatever you would like to be called, but as a dear, precious child to God. 
as his kid, as somebody, he says, I take ownership of you, but not so I can make you behave the way I want you to behave. You see, the crazy thing with that in church, he already knew how we'd all behave. So, so anybody that tells us, you know, well, you, do, you don't want to be like this because, you know, God's expecting this and that. God knows exactly what we'll do and every thought. And if you're having crazy thoughts sitting in this room right now, he already knows it. And he's not judging you. In fact, he'd love for any crazy thought we have or any agitation or frustration or the fact that we're fed up or we're here because our parents made us be here or we're here because it's the right Christian thing to do or whatever. God knows exactly what we feel. And he's like, all of anything can be a doorway for me to show you the real pleasures of life, the real way to be at ease, at peace, unafraid, unashamed, completely confident, different than the church picture. Please, church, let's be different than the church picture. Please, Jesus, help us to do something besides park our tails on a blue chair and tick a box every week. And I'm not against gathering. I love gathering. But if some kind of fire doesn't get in us to make us realize it is not about coming to church. I come because I want to, not because I have to. I come because I love to be with you guys. Are you all with me? He says, my dear child, my precious person. You know, if you like, you know, people that are close to me, they're my people. They're just my people. And even like, you know, Marianne and I will jokingly say, like with our family, we're, me and Marianne are each other's people. She's one of my best friends in the world, but she's my youngest child. But she's full-grown adult now, and she's one of my people. She's not just my daughter. I don't just like her and love her because she's my blood. We like really vibe together. Can you imagine that God would feel that way about you? I loved when Clark Taylor would come years ago. I miss that man. If there's somebody that used to come here that I miss so bad, it's Clark Taylor. But he would say, God doesn't just love you. He likes you. He likes you. That changes things because I think sometimes we think God is like so holy and so right. And, you know, he never does anything wrong. And so he's not going to like just have a casual friendship. Well, no, it's not casual to him, but it is a friendship. He says, how, do you, how can you approach me? This is what I love about God. However you can approach him at this moment. And I think this is why we miss the world. They don't get us. Because we think like, you know, let me clean you up and then you can approach God. And he's like, seriously. Seriously. He's, he's not like clean yourself up and approach me. He's like, just approach me. Just come talk to me. Wherever you're at right now, come and talk to me. Let's talk it over. You know, when I was growing up, um, I had really good parents. I mean, compared to some stories I've heard of some people's parents, I mean, I hear stories and I have no context for it. Uh, You know, I just, my heart bleeds with pain for some people and their upbringing. Um, I had good parents, but I know now and can say they weren't perfect. And, you know, if I did something wrong or crossed, you know, certain aspects, my, my three older siblings, they were crazy. And so my parents had all these high hopes for how I would be. And um, 
that I would be the good seed. And they never said it like that, but I kind of knew that. And so um, they taught me to be a liar with their expectations. Um, I was really good. I was just like my brothers and sisters, but they didn't know it. And I'm not, I'm not proud of that, but neither am I any longer ashamed of it. Because Father God has shown me some of, you know, I was afraid to talk to them about things I had curiosities about or things I had slipped in. I, I, didn't, I couldn't go and talk to them. So I hid it and lived with the guilt and the shame. Actually, until I came to this church. And actually, I was a few years into this, being at this church. I was in training center as a student. Actually, this is the funny thing. God's so interesting how he chooses to heal us. And um, I was sitting in, I was a student. I hadn't begun teaching there yet. I was a student. And I was sitting in the Christian family class. And my whole past, my, my whole teen and young adult life, felt like it played like a video on the wall behind Pastor Barry as he taught Christian family. I was just like, I mean, it was like a sozo and a deliverance all at once, sitting in the middle of the certificate class, and I just began to weep. And um, anyways, God began to deal with me with this truth, how this truth would save me from guilt and condemnation, would save me and actually show me what his intention is as opposed to just obedience. The Bible does say, though, that blessing follows obedience. But intimacy follows far more than obedience. You can be obedient and never be intimate with God. So he says, my dear child, my peep, carefully listen to everything that I teach you. You know, I I love the phrase, in between the lines. And... Sometimes if you're talking to somebody, I know the adults will know this. You know, you, you kids may know it too. Sometimes you can be talking to somebody and they're saying one thing, but there's something between the lines. And you ever had that kind of experience? Like, you know, somebody might be talking nice to your face, but there's something between the lines in what's going on. I'm convinced in a good way, in a pure way, that much of what we've been taught of Scripture, there's actually a lot between the lines for God to draw us into personal relationship. Even things like the lessons. Listen carefully to the things he's teaching us. You know, sometimes in the midst of um, challenges, we can have horrendous challenges in life, you know. And, and even of late, we've, you know, we've had some different challenges going on family-wise. But the lessons tucked in the experience. The lessons, the opportunities. See, this is the thing. A lesson comes dressed as an opportunity. Where, where will we go? Will we freak out? Will we go to fear? We were um, in our worship prayer time. We um, actually pr- played the, um, the breakup song. Francesca, what's her, Bacelli? Is that how you say her name? Battistelli. Hey, what? I butchered the, the Hebrew. I might as well butcher that one. But we played that song because, um, you know, it's her song about breaking up with fear. And there's some things that, that govern our lives, and we need to break up with them. We need to like no longer let those things warp real intimacy with God. Real, and you know, if the word intimacy seems to you like, because mm, honestly, if I'd used that word about relationship with God when I was in a denominational church, it would have freaked him out. So, like deep friendship, 
You know, if you've got really good friends, you know that with a really good friend, you don't have to be afraid of how you talk about something. You don't maybe have to be afraid of whether you can trust them, whether they're still going to love you when you tell them something. If we would begin to pursue the Word of God that way, for example, some of what we're going to look at, because this, this right here where it says, listen carefully to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words. You know, I think a lot of us, we want to hear from God. We want God to put handwriting on the wall, or we want him to give us a direct message where we understand what he's saying. And, but, okay, before I even say the rest of my sentence, say no condemnation. But we never go to the written word. We remember, well, my friend told me this, or mom and dad said this, And so it's almost like trying to take somebody else's revelation or insight or relationship with God and making it mine. I had a thought, but I don't think I'm going to go there as an example because we aren't just an older adult room. But fake relationship has a name. If you do it through videos. God says, I don't want you to even have a fake religious relationship with me. I want you to come and actually talk to me about words. You know, when I first came here and got baptized in the Spirit, and I started reading the Bible, at first it tripped me out because nothing read the same as when I read it denominationally. In fact... Scriptures that, this is crazy, but scriptures I had staked my life on as a denominational person, I couldn't even find them anymore because of how I'd been taught them. I would go to the chapters and verses of what I thought it was and read, and because now my eyes were opening to really relate to God, it didn't say the same thing that I'd been taught. But what that did was it opened me up to God was actually going to teach me some things. I'm going to ask you tonight, um, how open are you to learning a new way with God or pressing further on the path you're on? How open are you to lessons? How open are you to um, a word that bugs some of us? New disciplines. Sometimes we need to approach the word and say, I'm going to approach it as if I've never read it before. I'm not going to go to this scripture. and You know how you can read a scripture, if those of you that really know the word, and you just like, yeah, yeah, I know that word. Yeah, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's so beautiful. Good verse. Seriously, guys, 95% of the church learns that as the first verse. You're going to freak on what I'm going to say next. First verse we've learned from the Bible. And some of the... Do you love me? Some of the meanest people on the planet are Christians. But they grew up and cut their teeth on John 3.16. Are you with me? So I would even say, if you're one of those people, I don't think any of those people are here tonight, but if you're one of those people, you might want to just start meditating there and unwrap John 3.16.
Because he's not judging the world like we are. He's loving the world. (laughs) We can laugh. We can laugh, right? Just laugh. Because it's truth. I mean, it's true that sometimes we're just flat out mean. We're just mean. We judge them for things, I mean... I'm not going to judge people. It's like they say, the person that lives in a glass house should not throw stones. What I did with my young life, I'm not throwing any stones. Because I know how you end up in those places. But I also have learned the remedy. First of all, for the shame and guilt. Second of all, if this gets planted in you early enough, the mistakes don't get made. Because it's remedy and medicine and healing. So he says, I want you to to learn some lessons. Fill your thoughts with my words. It's really powerful to to get a verse and just tote it around with you. Like in your thoughts. Just it doesn't have to be 15 chapters. You know, it doesn't have to be 15 chapters. It could be a verse and it just captivates you. Some people I know, and I don't see anything wrong with this. I mean, like a, a serious like theologian type, been to seminary, you know, like scholar might think this is really sick. But I know people that'll just like for their devotional time, they just, they'll just open anywhere in the Bible. Just open and go there and get a verse. What's wrong with that? Right? This is the Bible. I'm telling you, God will meet with you in ways that Many teachers will tell you, no, 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 that's not the right way. God says the only right way is I want you to just turn your heart toward me and come to me. Just come to me. If he would meet me where I spent my young adult life, he will meet you anywhere. Anywhere on these pages. So he says, fill your thoughts. Fill your thoughts. Sometimes we might not even go anywhere there and we just start, we just start practicing this. I'm going to put my thoughts back on you, Jesus. I'm just going to think about you, Jesus. Like maybe we could be going down the halls of our school or, or we're at work and just, you know, you might be having a day and everybody's working your last nerve. You know, some of us are employed at this church. Do you know that that happens there too? I mean, it's work. It's a work day. It's not, we don't float on clouds here. We come in here, we do work. We come in here ticked. We come in here aggravated with our mates, aggravated with each other. We have, we're together probably more than we are with our mates. And, and so sometimes it's like idiosyncrasies and we're just, and you can, you know, I know people must look at me sometimes and be like, could she just shut up? You know, I mean, isn't that, that's just, we're human. We're human. So sometimes it's just, just let your thoughts, like sometimes I'll think, just be nice, Kathy. Just have a nice thought. Like don't, you know, if you go out in public and people are just, people are crazy. Sometimes people just drive crazy. I I drive in sometimes and I'm just like, oh my gosh, these people, what are they doing? What are they doing? And so, you you know, you, you think ugly thoughts. And sometimes ugly thoughts aren't at all Christian, you know, like a church person would think. And then I will literally sometimes start laughing and think, I cannot believe I just thought that about the man in the car next to me. Jesus, where did that come from? Well, clearly it's in there. It's in 
there somewhere. There is still agitation. There is still flesh. There is still stuff because I'm human. Okay? And like people are going to tick me off. I'm going to tick you off. I might be ticking you off right now. Just think about Jesus and have a happy thought. Because here's the bottom line. He will take even the crazy way that I'm going to teach you the word and he'll meet with you in it. If you just do, this is the thing that I've learned. This is the power, the power of divine order. If an authority figure, I mean, if you don't feel like the authority figures in this church, you should be under them. Go to another church. Because if you cannot trust the leaders you're with, you shouldn't be in that house. Okay? And it's not a judgment of a house necessarily, but you have to be able to vibe with the people. And, and feel that you can tuck your life. So, here's the bottom line that I believe you guys trust me. So, even if I say, well, I'm just, I'm just advising you, like, just go get some verses. Get some verses. As you begin to steer the car toward biblical truth, Jesus is going to teach you how to drive. I promise you. You go anywhere in this book and begin to say, okay, Jesus, Kathy said, unwrap your word. I don't fully understand what that's going to look like for me, but I'm going to start digging a little deeper. And maybe take a verse you're familiar with and start looking at it and see what he would say to you. And don't think like it's going to look like Jesus talk. It might be pictures that you get. I mean, like John 3.16, you may get a picture of a person. Somebody that's crazy. Might be a relative that is really mean. (laughs) That went together real good, didn't it? But seriously, like, but if you are looking at how God loved the world and then you think of a particular person, he may be directing your heart just to say a prayer for them. Just, or maybe even just to recognize, yeah, I love them too. And it might be somebody who doesn't know God at all and lives like a lunatic. Seriously. But if you go to a scripture and then you start to have these spontaneous thoughts and they're not like icky, mean, or evil, they're just, they don't seem religious. Glory to God. Seriously, to have a thought of a person when you're looking into the love of God, that's powerful stuff, guys. And the more that each one of us individually begins to go to the Bible that way, not just to be an obedient, well-disciplined Christian, but a healthy human being. That's so profound. So profound. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. You know, this is, um, this is the wild thing about human existence is all of us have a core, a core. You know, we're in church circles we'll say, well, you know, it's our spirit, but it's our heart. And our heart is comprised of our spirit and our soul. And our spirit and our soul were never meant by God to be divided. But at the fall, they were split. Adam became a split personality. Some of the picture that is stuck inside of those truths from Genesis of of man having a human soul but being a spirit being is even the aspects of 
the heavenly realm and the natural realm. You see, with our soul, we connect out here. We understand, we have intellect, we learn how to do things out here in the natural world. And with our spirit, we connect to God. And if the two are in sync, for all intents and purposes with you, you're existing in heaven and earth manifestly. That's divine order. So God says, I'm not trying to get you obedient just because, like for example, because Kathy's the teacher or a pastor or whatever, I'm, she's learned some things, she's sharing them with you. If you will trust me and tuck under just some of this advice, I'm going to do some changes for you that you've been probably yearning for for a long time. Are you all with me? And I'm not insinuating anybody's not doing this. I'm saying let's just do it further. Let's go further. Because we say we want miracles out here. What about the divine miracles in here? What about confidence that doesn't get shaken every time somebody doesn't like me or like what I do? Anybody else ever feel like that? It's not easy to not be liked. It's not easy to, you know, like, I've had a lot of experience at this, but it's not easy when you first start teaching truth and learning truth. And, you know, in the early days, I was like, what if I say something wrong? And, and, and it's recorded and somebody higher up than me finds out what I've said and I've said it wrong. And, and so that intimidation can begin to, you know, deteriorate the liberty with which you bring the truth you're growing in. I was blessed to have a spiritual father that Never made me feel like that. I would sometimes, in fact, I did some crazy stuff wrong one time. Not one time. That, that's a joke. But I was thinking of one particular time when I said that. Um, oh, wow. Um, anyways, I, if I did something really crazy, I would call him and tell him before anybody could tattle on me. I just started doing that because I thought, I know. You know how people are. If you do something wrong, people, people like to like out you. I mean, even people that say they love you, they like to out you. And so this one person, she's not here any longer, and she was a major leader here. And I was under her, and she, and um, so this one day, I, I seriously don't even know why I'm telling you guys this, except that God is so good. He's so good. And he uses crazy behavior in us to teach us lessons about us. So anyways, this particular day, and we were supposed to walk really closely because I was moving into the training center as a key leader, and um, walking with her. And um, I still love her, and I just want you to know that if I ran into her in public, she doesn't live in the state or anything anymore, I would run up and hug her because I learned so much from her. But she really tried to train me. Like, she, she tried to train a lot out of me so that I would, would walk the way she wanted me to walk. And so that was really rough on me because that was the opposite of how... Pastor Barry knew I was kind of wild. He said, you fly at the outside fence, meaning you're curious. You're always going to press your nose over the boundary to see what's on the other side because there's good things. God doesn't build fences and say, don't go anywhere else. He just says, don't go without me. Right? So anyway, so this one day we were in a meeting, and, um, and I'll close with this. Um, she was working my last nerve in this meeting. And I mean, she was pulling the reins so tight on me, I thought I was going to strangulate and die. And I thought, I'm either going to quit ministry and run out that door, or I'm going to burst and I'm going to say something. And I bursted. When I was thinking that thought, I bursted. And um, 
I actually cussed her out. Not literally, but I told her what, what she was full of. And, um, and I'll never forget what I felt like when I said it because I was like, she's going to so out me. This is going to be the end of me in ministry here. And um, so anyways, the, minist- the meeting finished, and she was just as curt, and she, you know, and I was like, oh. all that time, I'm like, you know when you do something wrong? Like, I can really relate to the kids right now. You know when you do something wrong, you're like, oh, my gosh, when mom finds out. Well, I was concerned about dad finding out, so I went home. I, I, as soon as I walked in the door, I called Pastor Barry, and I said, I have to tell you something that I did, and you're, you're going to be really angry, and, but I, I got to tell you what I did. So I told him what I did, and he was probably glad he was on the other end of the phone because it, it kind of sounded to me like he giggled, but he didn't let it. It wasn't very loud, and so I thought, well... I don't know if that was a nervous, like, kind of giggle, or, so he said, well, you know what you have to do, and I said, quit, and he said, no, he said, you must go back, and you must apologize, and, and simply tell her that you lost your temper, guys, that was God on my side, That was God giving me a lesson that when you yield to the plan of God for your life, he's not trying to put you in a straitjacket. He's actually releasing you into an open field. But in the open field, because freedom comes at a high price, there are disciplines to be learned of how to navigate an open field. So, above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from that place, from there, flows the wellspring of life. So I said everything that I said tonight to impact you with this truth, that you must sit with God and know that when he reigns you in a little bit with truths from Scripture or disciplines that, you know, we would say are doctrines of the church, teachings of the church, not all the doctrines that people are teaching, because doctrine just means teaching. So not all the doctrines that are happening are God's doctrines. The Bible talks about doctrines of demons. When humans make you behave a certain way and say you're obeying doctrines, those are not God's doctrines, because God's doctrines, God's teachings, free us as humans, but not liberate us to do anything we want If we do anything we want, we cuss out the dean of the school. We go places we shouldn't go in our young lives and experience things we should never experience at a young age. And then we live with what that does to our brain until we maybe sit in a Christian family course at the age of 40 and finally get free from the guilt. So all of this is just, I'm encouraging you. Take out your Bible. Not this minute, but when you get home. 
on your phone. No, no condemnation there. If you use electronics for it, who cares? Go to the Word. Delve in and see, how does God want to train you in biblical truth? You know, you, you won't study like some of us teachers and pastors do. You don't have to. But he will feed you in such beautiful ways. And then there'll be well-being inside. Things that are tripping you out or bugging you right now inside, he'll start to heal things. And you may not even realize he's touching certain things inside. You know, sometimes we have anxieties or frustrations that just sit there. Day after day. Y'all with me? Okay. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Father God, that you're not trying to just make us into just sweet little Christians that obey all the rules. You want us to understand the privilege and the beauty of the rules the guidelines, the ways that you try to guide us in. And so, Father, I pray right now for every person in this room. I thank you, Father, that when they leave here, there's no condemnation, none, no condemnation. There's freedom and peace. I thank you, too, Father God, that you stimulate a curiosity to begin to test out things like this, to practice, to get curious, to see what would you say to them, what what pictures, what, what would happen in their imagination. I thank you, Father, that some, as they go to your word, creative genius in them is going to be released as they envision what you really intend for their beautiful life. So, Father, I just thank you for your living word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that's you. And I thank you that as each person begins to explore, You're going to be there, Jesus, like a tour guide to show them how you found your way in the words of Almighty God. Thank you, Father God, for your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.